Hello, and welcome back to Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast. I'm your host, Al Sedano. This episode, we are getting near the end of our Infinity Wars coverage, as my brother Joe and I finish off the final spin-off miniseries. That's issues 3 and 4 of Infinity Wars Sleepwalker, and the two-issue Infinity Warps mini. One quick note before we start. Some of the miniseries were recorded in a different order than the one they're being released in. That is a most likely reason why, in this episode, I don't reference the Ghost Panther miniseries, from just last episode, when Killraven comes up. Either that, or I just forgot. It's one of the two. Alright, here's a synopsis for Infinity Wars Sleepwalker 3 and 4, and then we're off. Infinity Wars Sleepwalker issues 3 and 4. Writers, Chad Bowers and Chris Sims. Artist, Todd Nock. Colors, Rochelle Rosenberg. Letters, VCs Travis Lanaham. Editors, Jordan D. White and Annalise Pissa. Cover art by Todd Nock and Rochelle Rosenberg. As far as I can see, there are no variants for these two issues. Cover dated January and February 2019. On sale date, November 21st and December 12th, 2018. Cover price, $3.99 each. You can find these reprinted in the Infinity War Sleepwalker trade paperback, which I think I missed last episode when we talked about issues 1 and 2, so sorry about that, and also digitally on Comixology and Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. Previously, deep within the mind of Rick Sheridan is a mysterious being, a guardian of the mindscape, the dimension that borders on the minds of all intelligent life. And when Rick sleeps, the being walks into Rick's world where the sleepwalker continues his noble mission to use his powers to strike fear into the hearts of earthen evildoers everywhere. Gamora collected the Infinity Stones and, determined to keep them, made one simple move that would change everything. She folded the universe in half. In this universe of Gamora's creation, incredible new heroes and villains exist, unaware of their warped origins. Caught up in all this is Sleepwalker, and the unknowingly warped form of Rick Sheridan and Nick Fury. Rick Fury an agent investigating mysterious psychic happenings. Now, Chris Powell, Dark Starhawk, is being interrogated by Rick Fury about his adventure with Sleepwalker the night before. Fury wants to know all about Sleepwalker and his motivations. After giving his origin, Chris relates to Fury what had happened. Sleepwalker came to Chris in his dreams, needing Chris's connection to both space and time to help him move through the worlds of those two Infinity Stones on his way to the Soul Gem. Their first stop is the vast, the world within the space stone, an expansive nothingness, empty space. Using his warp vision to warp space, they move through the vast into the world inside the time stone, the ellipsis, where one moment you could be old, then young, then old again, then dust, and what seems like years to one person can be two minutes to the one next to them. After making their way through the ellipsis, Sleepwalker found a portal to the next stone, and Chris woke up to Fury's agents knocking on his door. While this interrogation was going on, Sleepwalker was now in the Whirlpool, the world within the Reality Stone. Basically, a giant comic book store with millions of long boxes holding every Marvel comic ever. He is not sure where to start, but then Man-Thing Fang-Foom comes flying in and pulls him into an issue of Infinity Wars. Traveling through different dimensions, Man-Thing Fang-Foom offers to help him get to the Soul Stone. Back in the awake warp world, Rick Fury is getting his agents ready to take out the Sleepwalker. Sleepwalker, with Man-Thing Fang-Foom's help, has entered Soul World, but they are quickly attacked by Rick Fury and his agents of sleep. Sleepwalker fights back, 
but realizes who Fury is just as he slams into Fury's sky cycle, causing him to fall. Sleepwalker is able to grab Fury before he hits the ground, but then they are both brought into the mindscape by Sleepwalker's superiors. They blame Sleepwalker in his quest to find Rick for the plague of terrors that is now attacking the mindscape. Sleepwalker reminds them that he warned them that the smashing together of all the minds and souls in the universe to create Warp World would cause this. They don't have much more time to argue, as they are all attacked by thousands of nightmares. His superiors want to retreat, but Sleepy knows that if the mindscape falls, then everyone will be lost to madness and leads to the attack. Using what he learned traveling through the stones, Sleepwalker is able to access the powers of the other stones to defeat the nightmares, and then uses his warp gaze to unmerge Rick Sheridan and Nick Fury. In the end, Sleepwalker and his people are re-energized in their mission to protect the mindscape, while Nick Fury wakes up from a weird dream and calls S.H.I.E.L.D. to look up both Sleepwalker and the Secret Defenders. And now we're back with Infinity War's Sleepwalker, number three and four, finishing off this miniseries. So, Joey, before we get to this, so how did you feel about these two real quick? First thought, just quick thoughts before we get into the details. Good. Yeah, so reading this, I realize it's very much, because of the writers probably, this feels a lot like almost like an unofficial sequel to the Darkhawk miniseries. Like it's got yes. a very similar tone. And you could tell they're not just telling a, a little side story of the character. They're trying to, like, they're doing their best to set up the character going forward. Yes. And they do it well. Yeah. Because Darkhawk was pretty good. And I think this one is even a little bit better. And also has Darkhawk in it. Yeah. You know, I just realized something. So it starts off with Rick Fury interrogating Darkhawk. Yes. And it's funny. Now, so everyone here is like a mix of characters. Because it's, you know, Rick Fury instead of Rick Sheridan, who's the, you know, the human host of Sleepwalker and Nick Fury. And Darkhawk is a mixture of Starhawk from the, uh, you know, member from Garden, the original Guardians of the Galaxy from the 60s and Darkhawk. Yeah, I didn't do know you, that. Do you remember what Starhawk looks like? No. This is the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, OK. So Starhawk is on the top in the blue. Yeah, because you can see the kind of wing. Yeah, the wings he have look like the ones that Dark Starhawk has here. Yeah, you know, so it's a mixture of Darkhawk and Starhawk. You know, hence Dark Starhawk, Dark Starhawk. But the human host is still the same person that's in the regular universe, Chris Powell. He was still. Do you know what I mean like they didn't mix his? They didn't. It doesn't seem like they mixed his. Mm. I don't know if they mixed him or not, but they didn't mix his name up at least. You know, not like Rick Fury. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I mean, they mix him with somebody because they made it that his dad was a bad Nova. And his dad was not a Nova in the original com in the original version. What was his dad? A cop. Oh, okay. But anyway, so I did like that part, though. I, I did like the way they looked. I thought Dark Starhawk looked pretty good. Like, it's a good look for him. And I, I'm, I'm liking also this, in, this investigation into the rest of this, like the worlds inside the Soul Stones. Like, the one inside the Space Stone is just this vast, empty nothingness. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, because it's something they really haven't explored much. I mean, we knew they had Soul World inside the Soul Stone since the 70s, but the others have really not been touched at all. No, it's kind of cool that you can go inside of it and stuff. And I think this is the first time they did any of that, right? Yeah. And then they go to the Time Zone, the Ellipsis where everything seems to go, like, for minutes or hours or years. That was cool, too. Mm -hmm. 
And my favorite part was that one panel, was that one page. Now, I don't know how, if you saw, you caught this. Because um, you're reading digitally, right? Yes. Okay, so not counting that page, the first page is like the intro page, you know, just gives like the credits and all that. It's page one, two. Oh, here we go. It's the page. Okay, you know the page where it says the ellipsis, the world within the time zone? The, within the time zone? Time stone? Yes, I'm right there. Okay, go to the next page. Where it says it felt like years to me? Yeah. Are you reading that as panel by panel or are you doing that like whole page? Right now I'm on whole page. Okay, good. Perfect. This is some cool stuff. I like how they did this here because this is stuff, some stuff comics can only do nowhere else. Look at the bottom row, middle panel, where Dark Star is part. Dark Star Hark is pointing up, saying, "Wait, is that?" And Sleepwalker says, "A distinct moment." He's pointing yeah. at the panel above. Oh. Because remember, they're talking about how time. This is how time is here. Like everything's happening at once, and all like things are taking minutes, but feeling like years. Yeah. Because you can't do that in a movie or TV show or a book, but in a no, comic, you, you can do that. And here's another cool thing they're doing. Okay, check out now the top panel, middle row. You see how Sleepwalker has like that star in his hand? Mm -hmm. Go to the panel to the right. You can see its trail going down. Okay. Now go to the middle panel of the whole page. It goes that you can see it goes to there. And then it goes to the bottom panel, the left bottom row, left panel. And then goes across the other two row panels of the bottom row. Up to the right panel from the from the middle row to the middle panel of the middle row to the left panel of the middle row to the left panel of the top row back to the middle panel of the top row you lost me i could see it going like i see what you're saying when it goes from the middle yeah he's going and all then, across it's all it's all him going across like this like around he's making that infinity symbol Oh, okay, okay, I see it, I see it. With his, right. But he's going across, so if you follow that little stream, you can see which way it's going. I like how they're using the art for that. That's I, really I did cool. not see that. Yeah, that's a cool thing, I thought. Yeah, that was cool. I, I dug that. I like when they do that stuff. I like when comics do things that only comics can do. Of course. Yeah, because, I mean, they could do a thing like on a TV show where you have, like, like a... They can like split the screen and have two things happening at once and have the guys point. Of course, you have to make sure you you don't have them talking over each other where you can you know you can't understand. But with the panels, it doesn't matter. Yeah, because he's doing the same infinity symbol. If you look on the next page when you see all the stones together doing that circuit, that's what he's doing. He's making that circuit. So what? All right, what are these? What's the blue rock? I forget which one's which anymore. Now with the way they. Well, okay, well, the red one is the power one. Yeah, the way that we covered the orange is this. Was it red or purple? I don't know anymore. Let's see. Let me see something real quick. It's got to be in the beginning of something. So when he's first talking, when 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 uh, when Chris Powell is telling Rick Fury about what's happening, he has that flashback. He's saying this is what happened, and he's first. You see him first changing the Darkhawk and talking to Sleepwalker. You see all the stones in this, like, the circuit together. But the blue one has, like, almost like a break in it. And that's when they go into the the space stone. So I think the blue is the space. Wait, where? All right, so it's the first page where you actually see Sleepwalker in the book. 
Okay. You see, because it's like three panels. The top panel has like him and the guy Chris, and Chris almost looks like he's naked. Yeah, he does. Okay. Oh, that's a break. I didn't know what that was. Yeah, because look, because look at that. Because see, you see that it looks. The stones are all in the circuit, but the blue ones on the bottom, and there's like, it's a different effect. It almost looks like a gateway opening up. Look at the bottom panel now, where they go through that big gateway. It looks like this. It's the same look as the thing coming out of the stone. You're right. So I think that's the one because then when you go forward, one, two, three, three pages, and they finish going through the world of the space stone, that big abyss. You can now see the green stone has that thing going around, you know. Like yeah, the you're right. You're so right. the green that, must be the, must be the time one. That was space and green is time. And actually, you get the next page. You see Dark Starhawk making the infinity symbol, which yeah. he's probably making it from from when yeah. he made. Yeah, well, they're talking. When, uh, he's explaining it to he's explaining it to Fury. All right. So, so, so now they're going to the reality stone, which is the pink one. Or the red one, whatever you want to call it. Because you can see now, the page after the one we first stopped at, the one where they do all the time stuff that we were just talking about a minute ago, you know, mm -hmm. when he points up to the panel above, the next page, that top panel, you can see the redstone now has the breaking thing coming uh, around it. Okay. So it went from blue to green. And now to red. To red. That's, okay. Yeah, so from mind to time to reality. So why, oh, because he went, all right. I was about to say, why did he have to go? to the uh power stone but that's where he started off at yeah yeah so yeah because you can see the circuit you can see the circuit there it shows there it goes the blue goes into green and then that goes into the the power one which then goes to the soul one what's the yellow one then that's the mind stone oh oh he went in there already because he started he went as able to go in there himself because remember he's like a creature of the mind so he's able to start there but that's why he needed other people. He needed someone to. He needed a conduit to the other ones. That's why he got little monster, you know, because he's a Hulk. He's a Hulk, mm -hmm. so that's power. And then because Dark Starhawk has like space powers, and also because at least in this world, he his amulet came to him from from the future. So he has time and space. That's how he was able to use him to go through both. Help have him help him get through both those stones. Yeah, that's cool. And that. And now he's going. He's going to get to reality and get help there, and then he can do. The, and then that brings him to the soul world. Because remember, like the soul it. gem. The soul gem is the only one that's still a gem. That's why it looks different. Yeah, that I remember. I like the reality world, uh, gem, uh, rock. What is oh it? yeah. So the whirlpool. Yeah, it's basically just a big comic store. Yeah. If all the ones that we see issues of Sleepwalker and What If and Squadron Supreme. So it's like showing all the different universes. Mm -hmm. You can even see, yeah. Soul World? Oh, he's like, I'm trying to get to Soul World. She's like, oh, you mean from Infinity Wars? Here, this comic. <laughs> Very cool. And then that's when Man Thing Thang Foom sh shows up and grabs him. Now, who is, who is Galactus warped with? Oh, the next page? Yeah. I have no idea. Oh. I thought he almost looked like an evil pilgrim. <laughs> he does that with the hat. Yeah. And here, look at it. Oh, it's not easy to see because it's like, because there's different, ver it's all Galactus attacking, but they're different versions of Galactus. You know, so you can see like all these different ones. Cause like, the Oh, you're right. Cause the X-Men are fighting one that looks like you could see like the top part of it is one type. The middle part's another, the bottom is another one. Cause the middle one almost looks like a mix of X-Men cause he has Wolverine claws. 
And it's all yeah. X-Men fighting him. And Colossus' arm. Yeah. But the top one, the reason I also think it's a pilgrim, besides the hat, okay, there's somebody there on the left part of the page with a sword, like an ancient weapon, you know? But also, look at Spider-Man. It looks like he has one of those old-fashioned, like, white puffy collars on. Um... He's to the right of Galactus's head. I see him. But you see that big white line around his neck. It looks like a, be- a web beard. Could be that too, but it looks like it made me think of one of those like white collar, like big puffy collars they wore like Victorian times or before that. Mm. What's you know, that talking? outfit he's wearing? I have no idea otherwise, but do you know what I mean? He's, like that's yeah. So that's what's making me wonder. Like, is this like Pilgrim Galactus? I guess that's what it is. He shows up here. He goes, I've discovered this new planet. There's no one here. Everyone there's like, it's like the real version. Hello, we live here. I said there's no one here. What is those? Um, those. Um, oh, the thing on the bottom? They're like the War of the Worlds thing yes. on the bottom. That's what it is? Yeah, Mar- Marvel, like in the 70s, had a lot of comics that they didn't have their own title. They kind of like had anthology series. That had like names like there was a book called Amazing Adventures. So like they would give different characters like tryouts like, you know, like they would have anywhere from like, you know, some characters lasted a month or two. Some characters had these books for like a year or two or three even, but they didn't have their own title. One of them was uh, Kill Raven. That's the guy. That's the guy in like the with the ray gun and the sword on the bottom part of the page. You can see with like the ninja stars on his on his uh, on his chest. Kill Raven, isn't that? From the Defenders, he might have been in the Defenders. Oh, it's one of the one of the Marvel shows. Kill Raven, yeah, wasn't Kill Raven? Maybe I'm getting the name wrong, or it's a name familiar with it. Who is Jessica? Killgrave. Killgrave. All right, well, it's close. The purple Man. No, this is Kill. Basically, this the premise of this of that story was: War of the Worlds happened, the Martians took over. And now it's the future of like two, 1908, 1990 or something. Kill Raven's like a the leader of like a resistance group fighting against that's, the Martians. That's cool. I want to read that. All right, go on Marvel Limited. I think it's under Amazing Adventures. They should do more stuff like that. Like, what if stuff like for movies and stuff too? Like I said, I don't have to have the rights, right? They're gonna be doing what ifs. Well, I mean, not that. Yeah. You, you don't I mean, I like, I like, you know, I like what ifs for, for the con. But you mean what if of like that? Well, I mean, yeah. I think War of the Worlds is old enough that it's uh, out of, it's in public domain now. There's no copyright on it. Uh-huh. So I, that's why they were able to use it. But yeah, that was the premise. Actually, it ties back into Guardians of the Galaxy. Because remember, Marvel Time is supposed to be that universe travel through time, actually. You're going to like an alternate the universe. You know, because they make it so you can't actually change time in the Marvel Universe. It's so like when you go into the past, you change. You do go to. You're just going to an alternate universe. Yeah, you're going to an alternate timeline. Yeah, the universe of the Guardians of the Galaxy that I showed you before, because they're in the 31st century. Yeah, that's their past. That's they, Marvel's past, or the the War of the Worlds is their past. Oh, oh like, okay. They retconned it later on that the stories for War of the Worlds was in their timeline. Oh, that's cool. But anyway, so yeah, so they're going throughout different alternate realities, which is pretty cool. Very cool. That was an awesome page. I love that. I love the fact, because I have no idea if the other two are, up, upper two ones are real, but obviously, like I said, that bottom one's a real thing. Yeah. And then they're traveling through, and you can see they're traveling through all these comics. That is so cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, they and did I, this really well. And those are all real covers. Because I see Secret Wars number eight, which is the first appearance of the Spidey's alien costume. Uh, I see that. Uh, what about the Spider-Man one with the uh, with the beast on it? I don't know where that is. Oh yeah, yeah. that's Spider-Man number fifteen. The uh, the last one that came out named Spider-Man that started like it started in like ninety one or ninety. Huh. And to the right of that is it looks like Uncanny X-Men one sixty eight. Which is the one that starts out with Kitty Pride yelling, Professor Xavier is a jerk. Yeah. In fact, right to the left of that, right above that Spider-Man with the Beast. You see the one that just it just has Spider-Man big and has like a looks like a bunch of webs. That's issue yeah. one of that that's issue one of that Spider-Man series. What was that? I think I read that one. Yeah, that was the one with by Todd McFarlane before he left Marvel to start form image. Oh, right. On. They gave him his own book to write and draw. And he left within like ten issues. I, that's a cool. That that's fun when they do that. It's like we're traveling through real, like oh, going to all different realities. Yeah, it's all different comics. So man, thing, thing, zoom helps him through the to get to the soul world. I really enjoyed issue three. Uh, you have anything else you want to say about it before we go to four? Anything else that uh, jumps you? No, but I liked it. It was really well done. Oh, and we get the. I forget if we got it last time, but we get the. Uh, we we find out what sleep stands for because remember he's Rick Fury he's Rick Fury agent of sleep. Oh, where is it? It's on the last page. Security level extreme elimination protocol is in effect. Yeah, that's sleep. S L E E P. That going back to the movies. Remember Iron Man one? Yes. That's definitely somebody really wants it to spell sleep. When Gwyneth Paltrow says somebody really wanted this name to name it Shield, oh it's yeah, like, that this is definitely more that at least Shield kind of made more sense. This is like really that's the name of your group. That's the name of your that's the name, not group. That's the name of your government organization. What did Shield stand for? Uh, you know it's changed a few times over the years. Just give it your best shot. <laughs> Security home. Oh. Strategic uh, in the in the TV show, at least the TV show in the movies, is Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. Shield. Okay, so there's been three versions, three names for Shield. That's the last one, the one in the movies that I just said. Originally, it was Supreme Headquarters International Espionage and Law Enforcement and Law Enforcement Division. In 91, they changed it to Strategic Hazard Intervention Espionage Log- Logistics Directorate. I like the first one the best. I might like the third one. The, the, the one for the team. One. Yeah, well, that one's not bad. I think I like that next. I think I like that second. I like the one they changed it to in 91, the last, the least. Anyway, enough of S.H.I.E.L.D. or Sleep, or whatever we're going to call it. It's time for number four, which I think has a pretty cool cover. Yes, yes, it does. Of Sleepwalker ripping, ripping uh, Rick and Nick, Nick Fury apart, and their insides are made of their uniforms. Yes, yeah. I, I like. I'm a, I'm a big fan of this artist, Todd Knock. I like his yeah, work. Yeah. yeah, he's he, good. But yeah, so we get to Soul World, and unfortunately, Sleep shows up there to attack them. I mean, they spent this whole time. Every time someone says, "Oh, he's looking for his friend," they never say the name. Like in issue three, when Chris Chris is talking to Rick Fury, he just keeps saying, 
you know, he's looking for his friend. He never says the name Rick, and he doesn't know Rick Fury's name is Rick until the end. He's like, wait a minute! That's you! So we finally got the end of that thing. It's like, hey, you're Rick! And Rick and Sleepwalker get pulled into the mindscape. Because basically everything Sleepwalker said in the beginning has happened. All the nightmares and monsters have become ultra-powered. Because they're yeah. all... Because of two, instead of going sucking in energy from one person at a time, they're like kind of getting their you know influence from two minds mixed together, so they're doubly powered. Yeah, they 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 were wrong, and I was wrong. Them. Yeah. And we got some. I like that that whole page. We have a plague of terrors upon us. We got like an evil-looking Spider-Man with like tentacles on his back and a snake, Captain America. Where? Oh, okay, I see. And the flying yeah. eyeballs. I, I skip some of the part where nothing really happens. There's no point. Yeah, it's fine. Where's the Spider-Man now? Uh, okay, you see Snake Captain America? Yes. Okay, you see the big monster right behind him? Yes. So go to the left. There's looks what I think is it looks like a lion version of Kraven the Hunter, and then right next to that is Spider-Man. Oh, okay, I see him. Oh, wow, he, he really blends in. I like the, the guy um, next to the... Whirl, um, the twister that kind of looks like a twister himself. He's right below, uh, Dr. Doom. Oh, like he's all like he just looks like a bunch of black lines scrolled together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's it looks a little bit of something else from Sleepwalker. Okay, I just sent it to you. So it's, it's an issue of Sleepwalker's original, you know, own regular series. Look at the guy in the cover, doesn't it kind of look like him? The white stuff, yeah. I mean, he's drawn with black instead, but it looks kind of like similar. Like Cob, his name's Cobweb. You know, it's hard to say because it's so blurry. Yeah, but anyway, that's what I think it looks like. I'm wondering if that's what it is. So they fight, big fights. So Sleepwalker and all of his people, and Rick Fury against the monsters. Is he grabbing that spider thing with? Yeah, he and, and the other guy. He's grabbing it with his hands. Yeah. He is ripping it apart. And there's a... I think that the artist must be having fun here because he's just drawing all kinds of crazy stuff. Because you get to the next page, Sleepwalker has like a bunch of teeth just flying at him. Yes, he does. I didn't realize that until just now. That, that's great. I love that. Eyes and teeth. Yeah. Look for tongues and ears. And then, of course, the monsters all attack Rick. Because, like you said, Rick isn't actually sleeping. He was because of their connection. He was actually able to bring Rick physically there into the mindscape. Yeah. And so he's like they're attracted to him because he's like food for them. And since it's two minds, it's even more food. Oh, okay. So real quick, the next page, the page after the one with the teeth, that the middle page. panel, okay. the middle panel, where they say, you know, you see somebody say the mindscape is lost, and Sleepwalker says lost, and he's like holding a werewolf by its jaws. An upside-down werewolf. Yeah, well, its head is upside-down, but its body is normal. Yeah. Look at the look at the creatures to his right. One of them is Havoc from the X-Men. Oh, in evil, in evil oh yeah! But is that another one, Adam Warlock? The one with, like, the angry look on his face? Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. I thought I might have been Adam Warlock, but I'm actually looking at the... I just now see the glove and the arm and the costume. That's an evil Miss Marvel, or Captain Marvel. Carol Danvers. Oh, cool. Is and that a star on the bottom, like next to Sleepwalker's crotch? 
Yes, that's a, that's like that's her belt. Because I see now the sash part. That I, at first I just saw. I didn't realize that was the that arm was her was hers. I just saw like the head was kind of like yellowish, and it had, looked like a red shirt with a like a yellow symbol in the middle. I thought maybe it was Adam Warlock. That, but it's not. That's Power Man to the left. Yeah, with like that evil tongue. Yeah. But then Sleepwalker is able to use. I like this. He's able to use everything he learned from the uh, Infinity Stones because they all they're all connected. So he's able to use like a bit of everything. Because since he's part of the mindscape, he's able to like kind of I guess tap into the other bits of power from the others. Because you see a nice little full full page spread of each one of him using power. Because you see the okay. that's why they yeah. outline the Hulk is around him, and then you know space and time. That's why you have the dark star around him, and then reality. I didn't notice that. I was wondering what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, he's using what he learned going throughout all the Infinity Stones, and then he uses his powers up split rick and fury up and they win and then because this takes place during the end of everything so at this point now everything's back to normal because spoilers this isn't a marvel universe going forward forever they lied to me big shock things go back to normal eventually you know fool me once with the secret wars well, it's like, fool me once the first time you replaced Thor. And then the second time you replaced Thor, I fell for it. Now, the third time you replaced Thor, I thought that was going to be a forever. And the fourth yeah. time, I thought it was going to be a forever. But this fifth time, it's going to be forever, right? This one's forever? The law of averages. It's like, no, okay. But this time you replaced Captain America. That's it, forever, right? Steve Rogers is gone forever, you're saying? Forever and ever? I mean, it's not like the last six times. This time, it's really going to happen. It's like the last four times they replaced Batman. Bruce Wayne is Batman. And I remember some people complain. It's like, really? You think Bruce Wayne's not going to be Batman in a year? Seriously. They used... I know they used... Uh, not, Dick Grayson's been Batman twice. And I think an adult Damien for like an issue or two in the future. And they also had uh, Azrael. Azrael. And then that guy from Batman Beyond. Yeah. But anyway, so obviously Infinity Wars is over because they now go back, Rick and Rick Fury go back to normal. And this is the part then where they kind of set up stuff for the future besides Sleepwalker's new abilities a bit and newer costume now. Because he changes his costume, if you notice. Sleepwalker? Yeah. No. After, after Rick and Nick Fury leave, and Sleepwalker's on top of, like, that giant stone hand talking to all his people. Okay. You know, saying, I've learned how to do these things, but so have our enemies. We can't just, you know, leave all these minds of, you know, to be attacked by them. We have to learn how to be better, too. And if you look at his costume, and it's then go to the next Blue with, like, purple wrappings. Yeah, it's, yeah, because more, it's more, like, raggy, and looks like rags around his arms, like, wrapped around his arms and legs. And now here, it's more streamlined and some of it even looks a bit more metallic oh okay i thought that was just you know because I, I looked back and forth but i thought it was ragged because he just fought yeah and that's kind of how he looked originally and now this is an updated look for sleepwalker very cool and then it looks like they're trying to imply that maybe some of the other ones will be bonded to people too because the, the the leader whoever the leader is i forget her name she says to him i expect you will want your connection to rick sheridan reestablished." And Sleepwalker says, of course, he is my connection to the world of humanity. 
and if his ordeal within the soul stone has shown anything, it is the heroism that lies lives within him. But with the boundless depth of the nightmares we face, why should I be the only one? Yeah. And like I said, they they have two things that kind of imply future because, you know, Sleepwalker's talking to Rick and it's because this is one thing I remember from the book is like right before the, Rick would fall asleep or wake up, that was the time that him and Sleepwalker could actually talk. Okay. It's kind of like the movie Lady Hawk. I never seen that. You you saw Lady Hawk, Matthew Broderick. The guy turns into a wolf at night, and the girl turns into the uh, the the uh, the hawker during the day. I swear. Okay, I swear you watched it. It's good, just as bad music. When did it come out? Eighty-five. Oh, I mean, maybe I saw it back in the eighties. Well, it was on oh. TV a lot. Yeah. It was on Channel Eleven a lot. I put war games on my list from Netflix to watch that. Okay, good. That's a good movie. Yeah. But anyway, so there, so these are the two. These are the three hints. Besides him talking, he's talking to Rick, saying, uh, "We we might need help." And Rick says, "So who do you have in mind?" But then the other page is Nick Fury waking up and tell, calling his people, saying, "I need you to check out two things for me. First, Sleepwalker, and second, Secret Defenders." What's that? Well, there was a book called Secret Defenders back in the 90s. Um, like the Defenders, Doctor Strange was involved. But it, what this one was was that Doctor Strange had these tarot cards, but they would change because they would show different heroes on it. So, like, things would be happening, and Doctor Strange would use the tarot cards, and they would say, you want these, and the, the tarot cards would show him, you know, these people. And he would get those people for whatever mission that was going on. So it's like, you know, somebody might be a member of the Secret Defenders for an issue or for four issues, depending on how long that story was. Oh, OK. So it's mainly Doctor Strange and, yeah. and whoever guest stars. And of course, initially, the guest stars were whoever was super popular. So Wolverine, of course, was there a couple of times. Ghost Rider, Spider-Man. Punisher. Yeah. So I don't know whether they're hoping to do something or not, but I do like the fact that they were trying to do something. Yeah. They were, they were trying to make this more than just... Let's make a spin-off story. It's like let's do something with this character. At the very least, Sleepwalker has been moved, has been advanced somewhat. There's they've done something with him. It's not just I'm fighting mixtures of people just to make mixtures of people up, and then when it's over, it doesn't matter. They actually did stuff to his character. So I like I really like this miniseries. Yeah, I like it too. I think I like this. I think I think you like this. It sounds like you like this one better than the other all the other miniseries we did, like you know, Soldier Supreme and uh, Iron Hammer. Uh, this is the best one. Yeah. Because it's a better story. Yeah, I definitely need to remember to check out these two guys, Chad Bowers and Chris Sims, to see if they've written anything else. Because so far, everything I've read, I've only read those two miniseries, but I like them all. Yeah, it's done well. So that was Sleepwalker. So I would definitely say out of a lot of, if you're just reading the Infinity Wars miniseries, this one's worth picking up because it's a good story. Even if it doesn't affect the actual Infinity Wars itself, at least it's go it's a good read. Agreed. Yeah. Great comics come in all shapes and sizes. Coming soon from the Fire and Water Podcast Network. It's Digest Cast, a new show dedicated to our beloved pocket-sized treasures from that bygone era of the 70s and 80s. Hosted by the Fire and Water podcast team of Rob and Shag, and we'll be joined from time to time by special guests. It's Digest Cast, because big things come in small packages. Coming soon to the Fire and Water podcast network.
Okay, and now it is time for the Infinity Warps miniseries, starting with issue one. This series is a little different from the other ones. It is a two-issue miniseries, but it's not one story. There are three stories in each issue, plus like a little framing device. So it's kind of like a quick shot. It's also played a bit more for comedy than the other than the rest of the stuff is, right? It's cutesy. Yeah, they're having just they're having fun with it. I don't remember any of the characters in the issue one showing up later, but I know characters in issue two will show up later. And other stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll get to that in a bit. Right now, we're on issue one. So we are going to start with the, like I said, there's a framing sequence, which is basically just a page on, in the front and back called Observer X. And, well, actually, let's do the little, let me do a little synopsis for issue one right here. Infinity Warps number one. Letters, VCs, Travis Lanahan. Editors, Jordan D. White and Annalise Bissa. Cover art by Francisco Herrera. Cover dated January 2019. On sale date November 14th, 2018, with a cover price of $3.99. There are two variant covers, one also by Francisco Herrera and the other one by Adam Kubert. And you can find this reprinted digitally on Comixology and Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. Now, those are the people who worked on the whole issue. There are four stories in this issue, and the creative teams for each one are as, as follows Observer X, writer Jim Zub, artist Flaviano. Colors, Ruth Redmond. It's a framing sequence featuring the warped merging of the Watcher and Professor X. Next, we have Moon Squirrel and Tippy Soar. Writer, Ryan North. Artist, Natasha Bustos. Colors, Tamara Bonvillain. The young Moon Squirrel and her giant squirrel, Tippy Soar, defend the Earth from being converted into robots by Dr. Dumactus by convincing him the entire world already worships him. Green Widow. Writer, Mario Tamaki. Artist, Francisco Hera. The Green Widow partners with the Archer Cat's Eye to steal something. And finally, the Terrific Two. Writer, Jim Zub. Artist, Todd Nock. Osgar Yildrum. And Scott Hanna. Colors, Ruth Redmond, Matt Yaki, and Chris O'Halloran. Reed and Ben Storm, the Terrific Two, take on the Subterranean Sultan and his Sentinoids. So first off, we have the framing sequence. Let's just do each story fully. So they got the framing sequence, the first page and last page. Observer X, which is basically just Professor X mixed with the Watcher. Yes. And trying to say every X-sounding name he can. Yes, it's very... Uh, oh, man, what's the name of that movie? V is from Vendetta, but with an X. Yes, that's right. So that's all. It's just like the Watcher introducing a what-if, except it's Professor X slash Watcher saying a lot of X stuff. Okay, so the first story in here is Moon Squirrel and Tippy Soar. Yeah, no idea who any of these people are. No, I figured as much. All right, hold on. I think on. there's a girl called Moon Girl, right? Something like that? Yes. I don't hold know up. who she is. Hold on. Okay, that's Squirrel Girl. That's Devil Dinosaur. Well, no, it says Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Oh, Oh, here we go. So that's who the mashup is. Moon, squirrel Moon girl, girl, Moon Girl, and Devil Dinosaur. I mean, uh, Moon Girl and Squirrel Girl. Yeah, and Squirrel Girl. I had a, a pet squirrel named I think it was Tippy Toe. So okay, that's so Tippy Soar. Yeah, that's mixed in with Devil Dinosaur. So the squirrel wasn't uh, a giant. No, 
No, as far as I remember, she just had a regular sized squirrel. Did it talk? I think it talked to her. I think she, I believe, from what I remember, I think she can talk to squirrels. Did the dinosaur talk? I don't think so. Okay. But yeah, this is just Moon Girl and Moon Squirrel and Tippy Soar fight Dr. Doomactus, which is basically just a mixture of Galactus and Dr. Doom. Although I do like that they play, do, do it. They play to his ego. It's like everyone here loves you already. You don't have to. Just, you don't have to conquer us. You're, we already love you. We think you're awesome. Oh, well, smart people. Okay, I'm out of here then. It was. It was a cute story. Yeah, it was fun. And from what I remember, that's some actually the, the the card thing is something that happened in Squirrel Girl too. Is that like apparently she has Deadpool trading cards. So like when she fights a new villain, she looks to see if she has a card on them to find out who they are. Those cards are not always accurate. Yes, but it's also a nice, convenient way of uh, giving someone giving someone who's reading that book a shorthand of who that character is without actually having to, you know, go into explanation. So it's a nice little device for anyone who's reading who's like, I don't know who the absorbing man is. Oh, well, Squirrel Girl's reading his card. OK, well, at least I have an idea now. Yeah, it's very true for somebody who doesn't know it. Yeah, it's only on the details that, it's you know, they lie. Well, plus they're written by Deadpool. Oh, Oh yeah, they're Deadpool's guy. Yeah, okay, that makes so now, it's appara- to her perspective. Yeah. Now apparently here, Deadpool is some kind of cyborg or robot because if you yeah. notice, it's called G period E period A period. Oh yeah, I didn't notice that. And he looks like a robot in the bottom. Actually, he kind of looks like. Do you remember seeing pictures of Herbie? He was a little robot they used in the Fantastic Four cartoon instead of the Human Torch. No, I never seen the Fantastic Four cartoon. Which one? Like, what, Hold on. What, what time period? Seventies. Oh yeah, I definitely didn't see that. I mean, I didn't see any of them. But all right, I just sent you a picture of Herbie. Isn't that that toy that everybody got? Possibly in the seventies. It looks similar, but yeah, very cool. They had him in the seventies car- FF cartoon instead of the Human Torch. So he was one of the Fantastic Four? Yes. And do you know why they decided not to have Johnny Storm? There are a couple rumors. I'm not sure if the big the big story, now whether that's true or not, or just like an old wives' tale, I'm not sure, is that they did want to have the guy on fire on the cartoon because kids might set themselves on fire. <laughs> but if that's true or not, I don't know. That might just be one of those myths that get up, that you know, start up that people believe because it sounds like it makes sense. But might not be true, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. You know, kids do stupid things. So. Remember when they the one kid set the house on fire after watching Beavis and Butthead? Yeah, that's true. But that was not a kid's show. So yeah, he wasn't a kid. Yeah, I don't think it was a kid either. I think it was a teenager. Oh. I actually read. An, I was actually reading an issue of FF Fantastic Four that came out around that time recently. And Reed actually made Herbie. He needed it for something. And they said, they t- said, Reed, it looks like that cartoon they made of us. It looks like the robot from the cartoon they made of us. And someone else said, yeah, why are we? And, John- and, oh, and Johnny says, oh, yeah, that's right. I was late that day. I didn't. I wasn't there in time to sign the forms. That's funny. So they're like, that's why he, was, he wasn't on the show. He, was, he didn't get there in time to sign the contracts. Stupid Johnny. Well, yeah. I guess they didn't have emails back then. In 1980? No. So, anyway, that was Moon Squirrel and Tippy Soar. So, that was cute. That was, it was fun. It was like a little cartoon short. 
That'd be a cool way to excuse why uh, none of the the Marvel, you know, comic book characters don't age. Instead of saying that, like, instead of changing the error of time that they're in, you know, to keep them more at their age, just say in this universe, time goes by, you know, we age, we don't age yearly. We age, like, by decades, like one year a decade. So you could Maybe. say, oh, yeah, remember the 70s? We didn't have email back then. <laughs> there actually is a Spider-Man series, miniseries that came out recently that was basically, well, not that. It's basically what if, it was a, almost like a what if thing. It's a, he ages in real time. So it starts in 1962 when he's 15. And so, like, he's 25 in the seven, early 70s. In the early 80s, he's 35. Oh, so the so, ac- exact opposite of what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he'd be opposite. dead now, right? Well, let's see. No, he wouldn't be dead. But, How old yeah, would he like, be? Uh, I don't know. Uh, seven. <laughs> Fifteen. Neither one of us want to do math. He'd be in his early seventies right now. Oh, he could still do it. Not very well. Yeah. He'd probably get killed. Well, I guess maybe that's what happens there. I have no idea. I haven't read it yet. But it was like a seven-issue miniseries. Like each issue was in like ten. You know, each issue took place ten years later. So I guess that's another way of having everything that happened to him happened. It's like, yeah, it all happened. He just got actually got 10 years older. Yeah. On to the next story, which is, you know, it's funny. On the uh, opening page, they, ha- they have him in the wrong order. Because on the credit page, they have the Terrific 2 next. But actually, it's Green Widow ne- is next. So basically, it's a little random spy story. Green Widow breaks in, has to fight, you know, has to steal something. And that's it. Yeah, who's her partner? It's obviously Hawkeye and... Hellcat. Um, oh, I don't know who that is. I know. That is Hellcat. Hold on, that's coming. There we go. Okay. And I'm actually not sure which Hawkeye this is a mix of. Is it the original Hawkeye? Or this Hawkeye, the new one, Kate Bishop? The girl? Yeah. Cause remember, She's still around? Yeah. She became Hawkeye when he was dead. Yeah, and then he became Ronan. Ronan. But I thought he, he became Hawkeye again. Well, they're both Hawkeye. Oh, they didn't just get rid of her? <laughs> no. Actually, if you read oh. the... There's a Hawkeye, there's a really good Hawkeye series that have, is, is about both of them. Really, it's a great series. Oh, yeah? Yeah. A lot of fun. So I guess people like her? Oh, yeah. She's a fun character. They have a nice chemistry together, too, as, like, partners, occasional partners. Or, you know, mentor, sidekick, whatever you want to call it. But she has a lot of stuff on her own, so she's not, like, too, so fully a sidekick. Cool. But, yeah, I mean, this, obviously, you know who Green Widow is. It's Black Widow and She-Hulk. Are we sure it's She-Hulk? Or Hulk. Either way, I'm not sure. Some kind of Hulk. What about the other Hulk? But there's another. But there's another Hulk character in this uh, in this little um, uh, world. So I'm assuming it's She-Hulk. That means because there already is a Hulk. What about the what is the other Hulk? The Amadeus Joe Hulk. Mm, I forgot about him. I'm not sure. Do they use him still? I think so. Probably I not. Think, I think he's using that Champions book still. Oh. Uh. Remember we read that one for Infinity Crime Down? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I mean, this is a fine story. It just, 
nothing special about it. You know, she breaks into some place, steals stuff. Guys show up to take her out. Her and Hawk, Hel- uh, Cat Eye fight them. There's a supervillain. She beats up the supervillain with like one punch, and it's over. Who's Iron Titana? Titana. Titana. <laughs> uh, I'm not fully sure. I know who Titana is. She's a supervillain who's super strong. Um, what, but she's married to the Absorbing Man, so I'm wondering if that's kind of supposed to be a mix of the two of them. Except she only turns into iron. But I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I don't. I didn't like this story very much. Okay. Uh, this was the least... It was the least interesting, because it really does nothing. It's just like, oh, okay. It, it did nothing. It did absolutely nothing. Yeah. The, the first story was funny. Um, yeah. It was cute. Um, and... Yeah, this one did did nothing. Yeah, it just was a little minor adventure. It was like a page filler. Yeah, it wasn't even like great banter. But I know, I don't know. I guess it's... Yeah, this was, I mean, it's six pages. Do you remember Marvel Comics Presents? No. It was a book Marvel had from like 1988 to like 1995 or 96. It came out every two weeks and it had like four stories in it. Each one was eight pages long. You know, some would be multi-part stories, some were just like one-shots. This is almost like a story, like, just add two more pages to it. It's like, oh, we need one more story for this. Anyone got anything they can waste eight pages, you know, fill, that can fill eight pages? Yeah. Yeah, I got a little story where they steal something and fight guards and that's it. All right, that's good. Put it in there. Yeah, it kind of just feels like just something to fill up the pages. Let's move on then to the Terrific Two. If you like that story, let us know. Let me know. I want to know if anybody actually liked that story. I mean, someone might like the art. It's a different style of art, but it's it's not bad. It's interesting. Yeah, tell us what you like about it. It's definitely a very manga styled, manga inspired art. Manga, huh? Yes. You know the Japanese comics. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could see that. All right. Next one. Fantastic so, two. Terrific two. Oh, is that what they're called? Yeah. Basically, they just mixed the Fantastic Four into two people. Because it's Ben and Reed Storm. And they're brothers. We don't know, actually. Um, They say it. Where? In this story? <laughs> they do say it somewhere. No, they don't. They just call them Ben and Reed Storm. So we have no idea if that's supposed to imply married or siblings. Because uh-huh. here's the thing. If it's mixing them, obviously it means. Oh well, maybe, maybe no. Wait, maybe you're right because here's the thing: Ben is mixed with Johnny, and Reed is mixed with Sue, and that's why they have the their the, you know the Johnny and Sue's last name Storm. So maybe that is supposed to be siblings, like the two of them. They are cuddling in the story, though. Where? When when uh, when? Oh, he uh, just covers them so they can be invisible. Yeah, they're kind of... It looks like they're spooning. Oh, they still could... Like I said, it, it, I, I kind of want to go with what you're saying with siblings because they're supposed to be... Since they're both mixed with Johnny and Stu, that does kind of imply then that they're doing the sibling the sibling thing, like the two of them. Yeah. But it really I, doesn't... I thought I thought it, it said something way. about their brother. I was looking for that after I saw... After I realized what the names were, I was looking for that. and I, don't, I didn't see anything either way, so we have no idea. But since it doesn't come up in the story, it really doesn't matter. But yeah, so it's the Fantastic Four, but with two of them. And they have a mixture of the powers. So we have a 
Hot Rocks, which is basically a thing who goes on fire. And Mr. Invisible. So it's a Mr. Fantastic who also has invisibility powers. Now, if he's always on fire, that's going to be worse than being just the thing. It's like, so great. Not only my giant orange rock monster people are scared of, but I put everything on fire. Yeah, where is he going to sleep? Yeah, that's going to suck. Yeah, I didn't think of that. I just assumed. Well, then how is he cuddling with him? No, it looks like he... What did you say? No, what are you going to say? It looks like he's not on fire when they cuddle. No, maybe he, maybe that he can control. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Yeah. Well, we only got several pages, so no, you know, they don't get into all that. But this, I thought, was one of the weirdest mixtures. So it's the Mole Man and the Sentinels. Instead of his little orange Moloid guys that he orders around, they're like Sentinels that look like Moloids. Really weird. It looks like... Wait, see, I got, I thought of it, Master Mall, okay, yeah, and, okay, but they also look like scrolls. The, the Moloids do look a little scroll. Oh, okay, all right. They can and look, that's... but they don't have the chin, and they're, like, yellow. But oh, the eyes, okay. look, their eyes look like that. So, yeah, it's a fun little story, but, I, I mean, it doesn't really have much more importance than the Green Widow one, but I liked it better. It's better. At least they, you know, they fight, and it's cool to see them too it's like it's a it's a cool idea with just the two of them yeah that and i think also it helped who they were fighting because iron titano kind of was a little vague of like who that since with i mean with these kind of stories the big thing is like ooh, who's it a mix of so with iron titano yeah, it's like yeah. i have no idea who that's a mix of so you know it kind of drops it down a bit at least this one i knew who they were a mix of so i was like okay that helped yeah yeah so I think you would rate the stories in the same order that I would rate them in. Uh, which order would you rate them in? Let's see. The squ- Squirrel Girl. Yep. Uh, the Fanta, Terrific Two, and then whatever. <laughs> Green Widow. Green Widow. And I would put Observer X around the same as Green Widow, like a tie. Oh. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, they consider it a story. I just consider it like an introduction. Yeah, well, it's it's a it's a uh, I forget what the term is, but you know, it opens it and closes it. So, intro, outro. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the same. It's the same writer as, as Terrific Two. Okay, well, I can't judge it as a story, but yeah. it's fine. It's fine as a introduction and an ending. You know, yeah. Excelsior. Exactly. What's that hand doing at the end? Oh, it's just... Uh, what are those hands? I think they're supposed to be like the psychic projection or something. Okay. Because see, he's putting his hands to his head. That's how you know psychics are using their powers. Their what? hands go on... That's how you know psychics are using their powers. They put their hands on their foreheads. Oh, yeah. Anyway, that was issue one. Hey, everybody. Clinton Robinson here. I recently attempted to sneak into the Longbox Crusade headquarters basement to watch some of the Albrecht Brothers action movies while the crew was out at the Saturday matinee theater. Too bad I had a little mishap and got stuck down here with no movies to boot. However, there are pieces of Pat's old podcasting equipment and excellent Wi-Fi service, so I decided to pass the time watching 
online fan films and talking about them. What, you don't know what a fan film is? Well, there are these non-theatrical movies that people post online of already established characters and settings. Hey, hey, hey now. Just wait and see. Save all judgment for what happens when you listen to Fan Film Fridays, a new podcast found on the Longbox Crusade podcast feed. Now we have Infinity Warps Issue 2. We sure do. And again, we have another three stories plus a framing, that's the word, framing sequence. So hold on, here's a synopsis. Infinity Warps number two. Letters, VCs Corey Pettit. Editors, Jordan D. White and Annalise Bissa. Cover art, Giuseppe Camontroli, Roberto Pogi, and Edgar Delgado. Cover dated February 2019, on sale date December 5th, 2018. Cover price was $3.99. You can find this reprinted digitally on Comixology and Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. First story, Forever Bushman, writer Jim Zub, art Scott Koblish, colors Matt Yaki. Framing sequence featuring the merging of Eternity and Forbushman. Next up, Kamala Kang, writer Chris Hastings, artist Kev Walker, Colors, David Curiel. Time-traveling, stretchy hero Kamala Kang tries to go back in time to save famous scientist Dr. Eccleston from being killed too early, but ends up killing her father by accident, then goes back to save him, and then has to go back again, and again, and again, and again. Punisher Pack. Writer, Colin Bunn. Artist, Gary Brown. Colors, Lee Loride. The children of the Power Family are given powers to get revenge on the Nucci Snark Gang for killing their parents. And finally, Diamond Patch. Writer, Cena Grace. Pencils, Chris Browse. Inker, Carl Story. Colors, Ruth Redmond. After giving a motivational speech, Diamond Patch deals with an undercover spy in his organization. Alright, so first of all, we have Forever Bushman. You have no idea who Forever Bushman is, do you? No, I'm not even at the actual issue yet. I'm just getting, I just got onto it. You look for that one. Oh, yeah, I I know Eternity. Forever Bushman. No, I have no idea. He looks silly, though. He's got a pan on his head. Yes, he does. He looks like the, uh, one of the guys from the uh, Bill Cosby cartoon. Yeah, oh my god, that's hilarious. That is Forever Bushman. He is not a real character like he is not really in the marvel universe usually he is usually part of their like comedy books like in the 60s they had a book called not brand Ech. okay and then then like in the 90s they had what the and Forbushman is like a you know joke character they would use in those things you know like he's like their alfred e newman got it who's that yeah from mad magazine you know what me worry oh i don't know that you don't remember you you remember the guy they always have on the cover of Mad Magazine? The kid. Hold on. Goofy on the cover, yeah. The goofy yeah. looking kid. With the big ears and the freckles? Yeah. I've never that, seen him. I never that's the only thing I know about it. Well yeah, he's Alfred E. Newman. He's just on all the covers of Mad. He's like there's their uh logo. Yeah, mascot. So that's what Forbush Man is for like Marvel's comedy type books, like you know, parody books. They also like to use his real name, Irving Forbush, as like a joke credit. So, like, you know, place blame on Irving Forbush. 
Oh, okay. So they mix Forbush Man and Eternity. And we go to our first story, Diamond Patch. Oh, sorry. No, again, they have these out of order. On the credit page, it says Forever Bush Man, then Diamond Patch, Kamala Kang, and Punisher Pack. Maybe they're going in uh, in square order to the right. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work any way. That it's completely out of order. Oh, because it goes, wait. It Forever goes, Man, then Kamala, Kamala Kang, Kang, then Punisher Pack, and then Diamond Patch. That's the order that it's going in, or that? That's the order it's in in the ser- in the issue. Yeah, well, it's going in square order. Goes to the right, for, starts at Forever Man, Forever Bushman, goes to the right at Kamala Kang, goes down Punisher Pack, and then goes back to Diamond Patch. That so makes if you were no to go sense up again, That makes a square. Is if you're turning things not round wise but square wise, <laughs> you'd be turning turn it square wise clockwise. And so is that what they're doing the other with the other one, except it goes down counterclockwise? Let me see. I'd have to look at it. I can't. I, I don't want to go back to it because this okay. this apple won't let me back onto it. Take okay. a picture of it. Can you take a picture of it? And, yeah, I'd have and to send, send it. it to you. I'd have to send it to you through uh, Messenger. Oh, I can't send uh, it on here because yeah, you could do that. It's sent. Okay. I'm getting to it. Okay, what was the order it went on to? It goes with the obviously the Observer X, then Moon Squirrel, then Green Widow, then Terrific Two. Yeah, it's just going the counterclockwise way. I guess that's just weird. Listen, this is a different universe. <laughs> we read differently this way. Everything's warped. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I can go with that. I can go with that. So let's move on. All right. spent enough time. We spent enough time on the on the credit page. The main thing is we figured it out. Yes. So first thing we have is Kamala Kang. Now I'm going to assume you know who Kang the Con- Kang is. I do. But do you, I guess you don't know who the other person is. No. She's the new Ms. Marvel. Oh, okay. I know her. I guess her name is Kamala. Yes. Kamala Khan. Khan. Yes. So here she actually is apparently a mix of Kang and has can go through time, which is kind of cool, actually. Does she stretch? Oh, I guess she does. She's sort of stretchy. She's not exactly like Reed Richards, but she has some similar type powers. But she's stretchy in this thing, right? Yeah, you can see her stretchy. Okay. She can stretch a bit, but not like he can. She can't like yeah. change her body into like shapes like he can, for instance. He's closer to being like Plastic Man. Can he do what she does and, like, make it her hand into, like, a sledgehammer or something like that to really hit people? He can do it bigger, but not, like, not to the effect she can. Like, she can make herself giant-sized. Uh, oh, she yeah? She can't really do that. Yeah. Did they ever meet? Um, I'm fairly certain, yes, but I've not read all of them, so I can't say for certain which, where, you know, when and where. Have they compared and contrasted their, uh, their not abilities? That, I mean, possibly, but not that I'm aware of. Not that I've seen. Interesting. All right. But yeah, they're, they're similar, but different. Anyway, so she's going back into time and effing everything up. Yeah, apparently she goes back in time to see Eccleston. Dr. Eccleston, the father of modern physics, and he actually gets hit by a truck. So she goes back in time to fix that, and instead her father gets hit by the truck. And then next thing you know, there's like a dozen of her there. 
trying to stop her and then trying to stop a person trying to stop them. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. Now, this person, she actually does show up in the actual Infinity War series. Kamala Kang? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, we will see more of her. Next up is Punisher Pack. This issue is fine, by the way. You know, I, I was, I was, I, I, didn't, I like that, this issue, you know. I, I like this one better than the first one. Oh, I was talking about the first one. Oh, this, I thought this one, one we're talking about. Yeah, this one, uh, mm, let's go on. Go on, okay. what are you saying about them? So we have the Punisher Pack. Yeah. So here, the if you remember from Power Pack, the alien snarks apparently had teamed up with a mobster. So they were like a mob gang. That seems so petty. Well, it's a real mobster, by the way. It's from the Punisher. Okay. Manushi. Because if you saw the name was the Nushi, Nanushi Snark Gang. So yeah, here's Manushi. Uh-huh. And here's Manucci after the Punisher tricked her into following him into a polar bear enclosure. That's funny. But yeah, so basically, what if Punisher Power Pack went for vengeance? It's messed up, man. Story was fine. It was, it was a fine little what if story. I was not thrilled with the art for the kids. They look really ugly. And similar. Yeah. I liked how they did... Um, I don't remember his name, but the uh, the hor- the chameleon, the horse guy. I yeah, like how he looks. Yeah, he's all right. I could see like the thing about the artwork that like it may it does make it them look uh, more cold. True. And They're so I guess vicious. I think it's 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 meant to. I mean, we don't like we like to see them look different because they look totally different. But I guess for the story, because uh, I didn't like that either. That they look the same um, in the way they look, but it does make them look more cold, and they probably more are more the same. Where, you know, they don't have as much personality anymore. They have an objective. I guess that's what happens. You make like five to ten year olds killers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I like how the story ends. You know, he says the Punisher Pack was my responsibility, and now it is my responsibility to stop them. Yeah, he's gonna kill the kids. Or at least, well, I don't know if he's going to kill them or just try and I know. stop them. I don't know. But either way, that that's a weird little concept. I was yeah. kind of amused by it. I mean, I don't want to see Power Pack like this normally, but I was I was, I was at least intrigued by the concept. Yeah. Okay. Our last story is... I would definitely read it if they were to go on. If he was to kill, if he was to kill the kids, I definitely would read that. Okay. Well, finally, we go with Diamond Patch. I didn't get what was going on in this episode, uh, this thing at all. I had no okay. idea what was going on. It's Wolverine mixed and with the white Emma Frost, the White Queen. Yeah, that's the mixture, and that's why he stabs the one guy and says, "Okay, you're clean." He can actually because Diamond Patch does, is also a part of the regular series. Because remember, the White Queen is the telepath. Yeah, he Wolverine, uses his claws to protect to to read your mind. To read if he stabs you. Mind. He can read your mind. That's so funny. No, I like how they did this one. I really like how this was done because it starts off, it's like three rows of panels, and they switch up a bit the rows, how the rows go, because the row, three each row takes place in a different point of time in the same night. Yeah, I wasn't following that. I was totally lost. I didn't know what order we were going in. Yeah, because it, it starts off with him giving a speech, and then he meets this woman afterwards, which leads him, you know, who's a, who, who ends up being Mystique, trying to kill him and then afterwards he goes and finds one of uh 
one of the people who used to work with Mystique, who said who who decided to turn and work for him instead, who's the Toad. Okay. So if you go like that, you can actually figure out the order it takes place in. Then. Yeah. It's not like, it's, it's not like a Tarantino movie. I liked it better. I, mean, I liked it better than you did. Again, I mean, these are all little short, like six, seven page stories. So there's nothing special at any of them, really. But at least it told. I like the way it did the storytelling. I like the way it told the story in a little different way. Kind of like the Moon Girl one, which at least was funny. Yeah. And the Kamala one actually was pretty funny, too. That's why I said I like this one better, because the Punisher pack was interesting. Kamala was amusing, and I like the way they did the storytelling on this on the on the Diamond Patch. So I like this issue overall better than one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I like better. But overall, if anyone has not read these issues yet, they're fine to read, but you're not. this is not needed at all. Not at all. I mean, at least, like, if you're reading the main Infinity War story and then you want to know who this Soldier Supreme character is or who that um, Iron Hammer character is that shows up, reading the Iron Hammer miniseries of the Soldier Supreme will tell you who they are and give you an idea of the characters and everything. You know, it gives you some background on them. While Kamala, Kamala Kang and Diamond Patch will show up, these do nothing. There's really no point to it. So you don't need them. If you want to read it, great. If not, you're not losing out. You know? But if you're a fan of any of these characters, then at least, you know, hey, you get to read their Infinity Warp version of them. Yeah. If you want to see Power Pack. Yeah. And that's pretty much all I have to say about these two. Anything else you have to say? No. All right. That's it, then. It's that time in the episode where we cover our feedback. And this time it's feedback from episode 134, Happy Puppy in which my brother Joe and I covered the two Infinity Warps miniseries, Arachnite and Weapon Hex. On Facebook, the post about that episode was liked and shared by Ruth and Darren Sutherland, Gene Hendricks, Derek William Crabb, Clinton Robinson, Joe Sedano, and Michael Lane. Possibly there were others too, it looks like, but we cannot see them thanks to the Facebook privacy settings. Thanks, Facebook. On Twitter, we got likes and retweets from the Hammer Strikes, Geeky Stuff, and Hashtag VoiceOver, Insert Coin, Viet Huynh, Toys and Sometimes Jokes, David Finn, Last Sons of Krypton, Connor McKenna, Capes and Lunatics, Spider-Woman Daily by Spider-Woman July 14th, Days of High Adventure Podcast, Jeffrey Brown, parentheses, day slash them, Ed Moore, and Bill from the Bat Pod. Now don't forget, you can also find me pretty much every week on the L-E-G-I-O-N-P-O-D-Cast, that can be found on the Legion of Substitute Podcasters feed, which you can find also in the link to in the show notes, in which we cover issues of the late 80s, early 90s DC comic series, L-E-G-I-O-N. Also, recently, you can find me on the W2M Trivia episode, uh, where myself, as well as a couple people from the Rattletch and Broadcasting shows, including Jesse Starcher and Alexis Henya, did a trivia episode with this month's theme being female superheroes in honor of the Black Widow movie coming out this month. So listen there to find out how well I know about female superheroes in comics, movies, TV, and video games. Quick hint, don't know too much about video games. Link to that will also be in the show notes. Now, there are a couple ways to follow us on social media. Go to our Tumblr page, resurrectionsadamwarlock.tumblr.com. On Facebook, we have a page there. Just log into Facebook and type in Adam Warlock or Thanos in the search box. It'll pop up. On Twitter, you can follow us at AdamThanosPod. You can, of course, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, because that would be really cool, and I would love that. 
or send us an email, resurrectionspodcast at yahoo.com. And finally, just don't forget, this show is part of The Collective. The Collective is a group of podcasts who decide to get together as a network in the most traditional sense, helping each other out, giving ideas, sharing our episodes, etc. And you are going to be able to hear one of the promos for our Collective show right now. Hey, Ray. Yes, Connor? What's black and white and red all over? Huh. A newspaper? Not even close. Hmm. A sunburnt zebra? What are you doing, Ray? (laughs) Not even close. (laughs) Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. A weekly podcast coming to you from the High Priest of Khonshu. Available on all good podcast catchers. That's all for this episode. Thanks again to all of you for downloading and listening. Next episode, we'll be getting back to the main Infinity War series, covering issues 4 and 5. See you all then. Bye. Resurrections, an Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, is a fan-made production, and no copyright infringement is intended, or happening, or even understood. The opening music for this podcast is Intro Pompeii by Lino Rise, and the closing music is Dark and Dramatic by DJ Puzzle. Both are licensed by the Creative Commons license. You can find Lino Rise at free-intro-music.com and DJ Puzzle at peaceloveproductions.com. Links to both can be found on the Tumblr page.